0: Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run and on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's at its loud and nights. we fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on Stack it in the, the goal. Come Kings. on yeah. don't be so bloody you, are you the, first
1: team, the last All right, it's episode 29, Martin season 4 of the Tottenham. The Family Podcast. Joining me this week, David Fournell from Sussex. Good afternoon. And Chris Cowlin from Chelmsford. Hello
2: there.
1: Right, um, Pochettino doesn't take the cup seriously. That's, that's the, the accusation that Many of our, our our own fans have levelled at him. Um, two semi-finals on the trot, convincing performance yesterday. Um, that's a load of bollocks, isn't it, David?
3: Absolutely is. Absolutely. Uh, nobody wants uh, a bit of silverware more than Poccino. Um, he 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 needs to himself for for his own CV put that on there. Uh, Besides the fans, so it's a, it's a complete nonsense. Of course he wants He wants to win everything he goes in for. But he does have to balance at the end of the day against something else. And we've seen that with the with the League Cup, that um, he's, he's tried to balance out from other games he's got to play. That's what he's been building over the last few years, is a squad that he can rely on. And that came up yesterday. He believed the squad um, could throw that balance into play and it proved it yesterday. He came out with the win, and a comfortable one.
1: So, yeah, Chris. Before the before the game, um, I met you, and um, you interviewed me briefly for your YouTube channel. And you asked me um, what I thought the formation was, and what what, what you asked me for a prediction. Um, I think I said to you it'd be two one, and it'd be tight, and, and it would go to extra time. We made easy work of that yesterday.
2: I can't believe what such a comfortable win it was. Um, I, I, I don't think that we allowed Swansea to play at all. Um, we had so many chances in the game. Eriksson, for me, was man of the match. He controlled everything in midfield. Um, Lamella was also very good. Um, nice to see Lucas uh, Mora play as well. And, you know, throughout the whole of the midfield, we controlled the game. Um, as I said, um, you know, the amount of shots we had on target, I think it was about 25 chances we had um, in the end. Um, and, you know, it, it just makes a huge difference. Everyone says that we're the Harry Kane team and, you know, we can't score goals without Harry Kane. And we made very, you know, it was very, very comfortable for us for y- yesterday and we could have scored a whole lot more.
1: There's no doubt when you when you lose a player of Kane's quality, it, it's going to be a blow to any team, Um and I don't subscribe to the view. Some people will say, you know, even if it's an, even if it's a a comment said in jest or a flippant comment that without Kane we still manage, you know, and, and we've we've shown that in a way. We show, showed that last week when he came off very early on against Bournemouth. We showed that yesterday. We showed that for large part part of the past season. But the reality is, it's still Harry Kane. He's still such a presence and the sort of player that. The opposition would look at and they'd get a boost if they didn't see his name on the team sheet. The reality is, I think we're a different team without, without with without Harry Kane. It's not that we're weaker or better. We're just different, but but more well, I think, but more I think, effective. I
2: think with Harry Kane in the team or without him, we've got a we've got a midfield that can score goals, and I think that's a, a big difference with Spurs um, to some of the other clubs. You know, you look at the whole of our midfield and e- even some of our defenders uh, at some times, goals can come from anywhere. And I think that uh, Pochettino has really worked on that. You know, we've got so many players going forward um, a lot of the time and we- we're very threatening. And, you know, goals can come from all over the place. And yesterday, um, it just showed that Eriksen, um, him going forward, he can-, he can create so many chances and he can finish himself. And that, that is a big, big difference with, with Spurs and-, and a lot of the
1: other clubs absolutely um just in, in terms of the 1 to 11 that I'm not that, that started the game i, I mean i thought larice was solid back four both the full backs played particularly well um Jan was just Bull. yeah ball Four solids, form. yep. <laughs> not not Lloris. Form. Vorms. What did I say? for? Did I say Loris? Yes, you did. There you go. Um, it, 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 it was so, it was so good.
2: He, he looked like
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um We've got a question on later on the running order about w- whether Vorm should start um, the semi, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll cross that one in a minute. Um, Davis and Sanchez again. Superb. Stri- stri- one thing that stri- strikes me about him is that as good as the, um, the Tongan and Aldaverald are. He offers something different. He offers, in the same way that Luke, Lucas Mora offers something different um, further up the field. Um, Sanchez, obviously, he's not the finished article. He's, he's still a very young man. But his pace is something that... You know, there were a few times... Not that we ever looked uh, um, under any threat from Swansea, but there were a few times where they broke forwards and he was there sweeping up at the back. He, he was superb. Um, midfield die was solid Sissoko I'm hold that thought we'll come to him later on because there is, there's a question all around Sosoko Sissoko um, later, later on in the running order and then I, I agree with you Chris Erickson, um superb probably our best player Lamella as well those two in particular superb um, and Mora was an interesting one I, I don't know you, David you and I discussed um, sorry Chris even you and I discussed this yesterday um, at half time I thought he started the first half slowly. I thought he was a lot better in the second half. But I don't know if either of you agree with this, Chris, you in the the ground and David watching at home. Um, Lucas Moura, he just seemed to be holding back yesterday. Like he wasn't running, particularly in the first half at, at, at people. It was almost like he was a bit tentative.
2: Well, I think it's going to take him a little while to adapt to the Spurs way. But I think from what we've... All seen so far of him, um he's very, very capable um he can run at defenders, he can cross the ball um and I've no doubt that he will be a very good finisher as well um so I think it will take him a little while to adapt you know he's not started that many games for us, um so I think that we've got um, a lot of exciting times ahead um with with him in our team or or involved around it so Um, I I wouldn't worry at this stage, and I think it's really nice for him playing games like Swansea away. You know, no disrespect to Swansea, but um, everyone's saying, "Oh, well, it's only Swansea. We're going to win anyway." You know, you still need to win these games, Um, no matter how you win them. You still need to win them and and go through. And it's nice that we can bring um, so many players in like him, and you know, swap and change, and and still win the game very, very comfortably.
3: Yeah, I. I'm not sure about Mora at the moment. Um, The the issue I had with yesterday when I saw him on the uh, team sheet, I was a bit concerned because I guess that Swansea would sit with uh, certainly a bank of um, five in midfield or or defence five and midfield four. And we're not going to leave space behind them for Mora to run into. And they even cut down the space even wide for him. And I could see it in him that he wasn't quite sure. And then in the end, he was just hold the ball, play an easy ball inside. But second half, he started to dribble at the heart of them. And he's actually got, besides his speed, he has got quite a technique of dribbling between people, which is good. Uh, And and whereas I was a bit concerned at the end of the game, I thought, no, he had a a good game, Mora. He certainly would concern a lot of coaches going forward, but you're right, Chris. He's um, early days, and remember, he's hardly been playing for PSG. He's only had one or two games for them uh, of recent times, so it's it's easing him in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's got quite. I think he's got quite a good future. You've always got to have players with pace if you want to frighten teams. If you want to have an alternative, have pace regardless almost of skill at times, if you've got pace, you've got a problem. And Walcott was always that case. At times, he would run into a, a, a blind alley and you wonder why. But the fact he got pace, pulled two defenders across to him. And it's going the same thing's going to happen with Mora. He will take two defenders. And what he's got to learn to do is, and I'm sure he will do, get down the wing, pull two defenders, stop the ball, bring it back into the midfield. We then... Uh, bring in the, the mathematical equation we've got more players than they have because defence have moved across to him so yeah he had a good game I, I I liked what I
1: saw I think he's also got a footballing brain and I think um, that George and Kudu didn't really strike me as having much of a footballing brain um, he had the pace but he offered li- little else with with Moura you can see that he's already he's going to make an impact and um, as he as he acclimatize to um English football and Pochettino's way'll'll only get better um Ericsson, yeah um as you mentioned chris um he was the orchestra um he was he was a um the orchestrated everything pretty much um, went, went through him but here, but also lamella it's got to be said those two in, those two in particular if you look at Ericsson's first goal i mean Ericsson will take the it was a beautiful strike with his we weak, weaker foot, and he also hit the hit the crossbar as well um, from the same sort of position again with with his le- left foot. But Lamella's run beforehand, in fact, the two of them dovetailing and working together, um, superb. Really good to have Lamella yeah. Lamella back.
2: It, it, it's funny actually because Ericsson actually hit the first goal with uh, with his weaker foot, and, and Lamella did exactly the same yeah. for his um, and. You know, Lamella um in the FA Cup, um, three assists, two goals so far for him. And it's it's really nice since he's come back from his injuries. He's he's really come on and really, you know, he deserves a part in that team. Um, you know, they're all knocking on the door, they all want to play, they all want to be in that starting eleven. Um but yesterday, yeah, Lamella and Ericsson, um, for me really controlled the game, um, controlled the midfield and really got Spurs ticking and most of the chances uh, came from them too and uh, yeah really superb but um, I really would like to mention as well I know we'll probably talk about Musa Suzoko, but everybody seems to get on Musa Zoko's back um, you know people seem to to laugh a lot of the time when he's got the ball um, because I don't know what he's going to do but no doubt at all that uh, it was his best game in a Spurs shirt yesterday he worked uh, very very hard Um he was involved in a lot of the action. Um, you know, really, really pleased for him yesterday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he, um, he he was involved in a lot, lot of the action. I mean, his, his first touch is often criticised, um, you know, for somebody who plays football at the highest level. Um, often it looks a bit clumsy. Um, yesterday, I, he felt I put a foot wrong. Um, and his effort throughout the game... I mean that, that's what fans want to see though. It, 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 as much as skill and endeavour and all of those things are important, you, you've got to work, be able to work hard, um, and show your commitment to the shirt. Um, in contrast, a certain other Spurs player who I mentioned on the, on the pod a couple of weeks ago, who I described as looking lethargic and not playing for the shirt, um, he came on. Lorente, um, <laughs> this is um i don't know david watching at home whether you were able to whether they, they showed the service warming w- warming up or whether whether you saw um i probably didn't because it was a wrong wrong side of the
3: yeah i didn't see him warming up no. right
1: okay so chris but before the before the match when i met you um you yep. were um well i i followed i got to to um Literally fairly early in the morning. Um, as soon as I got there, I saw I saw the team coach, and I ran towards the team team coach, and I started um, just taking a look and, and filming. And then across ahead of me, you were standing there right on the corner, front of the front, right next to the barrier, um, recording them going through. Um, what did we notice about Lorente that was very different to all the other players?
2: Um, well, all of the players, uh, well, they arrived on the coach. Um, they all got off. Um, Laurenti, uh was one of the, well, I think he was the only Spurs player um, who actually signed autographs for uh, for the fans. Um, they were the Swansea fans. He, he seemed very, very friendly towards the, uh, the Swansea fans. Um, that was it, really. Um, seemed to sort of have a laugh and a joke and a bit of a, a smile with the that uh, with the the Swansea fans, who of course he knew from previous or previous spell there. Uh, that's about it. Uh, I think yeah.
1: Yeah, on the face of that, uh, somebody might look at it and might say that oh, that's a really that's, a, that's nice of him to do. You know, that's he's stopping stopping for autographs. Players sel- seldom do that. But the, for me, the stark contrast was the fact that everybody else was in the zone. They were just focused on the match. They weren't. They might stop. For autographs at other point points after after the game when they're balling the coach, but at this point they were just focused, getting to the um, changing room and nothing else. And he he was the only one that was stopping around and, and um, signing autographs with with the, 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 the Swansea fans. And then the other thing I, I I think we both picked up on, which wouldn't have at home necessarily, was during the first half. Um, the our subs are warming up. Um, and running across the touchline, doing very stretches, say three or four players together, and then you've got Swansea players at the same time, and he was chatting and joking with the Swansea players. Now I understand yeah. he he he's an ex-Swansea player, and I understand that he was there for what two years or 18 months, something like that. And he, and he might have had a very good time there. I don't I don't doubt that. And he might still have good friends at Swansea City. But surely there's, there's a time and a place to do that sort of thing. Um, it mm. just seemed really odd.
3: I think you're reading too much into it, possibly. But don't forget, he wasn't starting. He's on the bench. Mm. So you don't go into the zone. Well, if you're on the bench, you stay away from all that. You try and relax and, and build stuff up and there. But you, you, it is his old home club. So... And maybe he's looking to go back there. Wouldn't surprise me if he turns back up there in the summer. to Be honest, don't burn your bridges, as it were.
1: We had a we had a question. No, I agree. We had a question on. Yeah, I agree with David. I think I think you're both too kind. I, I'm. I i was not particularly impressed with this. <laughs> with this. Um, with this demeanour. I mean, I. It's fine. It's, it's human nature, and and I, and I get the fact that um, he's got plenty of friends um, at, at Swansea, Swansea City, but I, I, I just I, I don't know. I think there's a time and place for that sort of thing. Um, we had a question on on Lorente um, from Darren Pamenter, who says, "Has today been a sign of the beginning of the end for Lorente? Since his hat trick, he's not started a game and has been left out of squads completely. Does this show more a lack of trust from Portaccino or?" just how deep our squad is now Chris if I come to you first
2: Uh, I think it possibly is the end for Llorente Um, I think if if he can't get in the starting 11 when Harry Kane's out of the team um, I think it's exactly the same situation as what we had with uh, Vincent Janssen Um, when you've got your number one striker who's banging goals in every week uh, out of the team and you are the next striker in line um, and you're not in the team, then I think there's a big issue. Um, yes, Son has been uh, very consistent this season for us, uh, particularly over the last couple of months, but um, Lorente should be making that position. He's um, definitely why Harry Kane's out of the team, and I think when he's not in the team, then um, it, it shows that he probably won't be at Spurs for very long.
3: Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, I don't think this marked... A, a, a sort of line in the sand. Um, I think that was some while ago mm.
1: uh,
3: that uh, Lorente's time was up. Um, I think Pochino could see that he's beyond this season. There is no future. And I think he saw that quite quickly. If he had started banging in, if we're getting the crosses and he was coming in and nodding the goals in, then I think he would have got at least another season out of him. But there's nothing. There's no... Real heavy work rate from him. He waits for the ball. Um, just not happening for him. Um, and I think what particularly has done him in is last week at Bournemouth, Harry Kane goes off. What do we do? We, we, you talk, yeah, bring Lorenz. No, nope. we started to play without a forward, without a striker, without a focal point. Mm. And all these midfielders, which worked brilliantly last week, and it's actually what Chelsea have been doing themselves. Um, without Morata, they've been putting supposedly uh, Hazard as centre-forward. But in truth, they're all just taking turns to break through. And they're, they're confusing the back line as to whom they pick up. And that's what happened last week. And clearly, Pochettino thought, you know what? That's working well for us. It's taken a few years to, to trust the players, trust the squad I've got. These guys, like Lamella and, and Ali and all that, are all more than capable of just swapping over with if Son's up front and just switching and, and coming from deep, which, which makes it very difficult for defenders. Uh, and that's something Lorente can't be part of. There's no way he's going to come back in the midfield and help out to do that. He just labours and, and wanders up front. So, I'm afraid, you know, if you want to put a line in the sand, maybe it was last week at Bournemouth mm. when we played uh, no real recognised striker uh, and, and, and got a success, and we did yesterday. So I think, yeah, Llorente's um, gone in the summer and he yeah. may well be back to liberty.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and, and going back to also what I said earlier, if, if you were talking about Harry Kane being out of the team, and we scored four goals at Bournemouth last week and three at Swansea, seven goals in two games without Harry Kane. Unbelievable.
1: That's that's a lot more than Lorente scored for us all season. I think he scored four goals in total. I think, yeah, I, I, think I, it is. I think a hat trick against um, Newport and was it or was it Rochdale? It was a, it was a, the, the the cold game. Roch, yeah, Rochdale, Rochdale. 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 New, Rochdale, Newport. Okay, so Newport. Oh, I I had Newport on my mind. Newport um, in the replay, he had that glaring chance that he missed. Um, And I think that was the point at which um, the writing was on the wall um, for for dear old Lorente. I think also the the fact that we've got Mora in now, Lamella fit. There are only so many players that you're going to have, once everybody's fit, that can make the bench. There are going to be one or two, like we saw yesterday, winning Spanjama. Okay, they might be slightly injured, that are going to miss out. Um, So...
2: But when you've got players that are working very, very hard in training, and Lorente comes across, you know, just to us fans, he comes across as his body language is all wrong. You know, if that happens uh, once or twice in training, Pochettino is not the sort of person to want somebody to have that negative body language, negative attitude. And every single Spurs player who who is in the team works very hard for the team, even though you know, even though we haven't got the ball, uh, you know, the team work very, very hard and very well when we haven't got the ball. Mm. And, you know, you you always question Lorente uh, when we haven't got the ball, what is he doing?
1: It was a strange decision to sign him at the time, in the sense that it went against the grain. He was um, a lot older than the sort of players that we norm- normally sign up. I suppose the flip side of that was he was available. He had Premier League experience. On the face of it, it should have worked, if you think about it. You know, he's, he's got experience of playing... Um, in our division, not necessarily. Some players don't like. Janssen doesn't. Um, he scored 15 goals in 30 games. Um, but then on you know, on the other, other, other side of side of the corner is his age. Um, the fact that he doesn't have that work rate, so he doesn't. He's not somebody that would fit in our system. The only thing that he might give us behind the scenes is his experience um, within the within the dressing room. Maybe he is a good influence. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think his days are numbered.
2: Yeah, I, I was very excited when, when we signed him. I thought he was going to be a, a really good asset to our team. I thought, you know, every time we crossed the ball, he would be a great header of the ball. You know, he proved he was a, a goal scorer in the Premier League and I think that was the big difference as well. You know, we were, we were signing a player who we knew that could score goals in a Premier League. Um, you know, not necessarily in a in a great team either. You know, if you can score goals for, you know, a team that is down the bottom half of the table, then you know, you've got a chance. Um, but I just think the um, the attitude and, uh, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work for players at clubs and, and this is clearly one of mm. them.
1: OK, question from Conor Manetto: Lucas and Son played well off each other and the threat they posed seemed to open space for Ericsson with Lamella providing most of the clean-up work lying deeper. With Kane out, is, our, is this our strongest attacking band or would Delhi have to feature...?
3: Hmm. I can't. I can't think that I'd ever play without Delhi. Delhi is the guy for me who does something a little bit different. It goes wrong sometimes. He does too many nutmegs, but he he, he worries teams and creates. He really does. So I, I yeah. But the team, Delhi is always a first one on the team sheet, or one of the first ones on the team sheet for me. Um but I understand what he's saying. But it, we've got this situation now where, as I say, without um, Harry Kane playing, we, we can still play with all these midfield players and, and thing like Deli Ali comes in late. Um, the old Martin Peters job comes in late, goes in the far post, uh, either side foot into the net or a header. So I like I like Deli. Got to play. I mean, but yeah. I think more. I think more. Uh, it, it offers opt for something very different. And may, and I think that may be pick and the pick and choose depending on the game.
2: Well, I think that's what we've been lacking uh, over the last couple of years. We've been lacking a game changer on the bench, and I think now uh, with Mora we've signed one. And um, you know, any of those players that you've you've said there, um, you know, even if Deli Alley wasn't in the in the starting eleven any one of those players can come on and change the game. And I think that is a, a big difference for Spurs. And it shows the progression under Pochettino that we're going to have that type of bench where we can where we can bring a player on and change the game. And, and that is what we really, really needed.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I inadvertently earlier on mentioned... Hugo when I meant Vaum, Um We've got a couple of questions around around both of those. Um, Rob Craxford, would Hugo have made those two saves and then kept the ball in to stop a corner? And then he just Rob just goes on to say, good game, but Rochdale and County, Newport County, really played well. Swansea couldn't be bothered, in my opinion. One thing it was disappointing about yesterday, I, lo- I love going to the Liberty, and um, I think the atmosphere... From that, that's generated by the Swansea fans is really good, but yesterday it wasn't great, and there were lots of empty seats, which was disappointing. And, and maybe, maybe it's something, something to do with that. It was a cold day. Maybe people, um, that, the Swansea fans, their focus is is on is on the league and staying up. Um, I don't know. Um, but yeah, certainly yeah. Newport and Roch if- seem to give us more more problems.
2: Yeah, it was disappointing at Swansea yesterday. The uh, the atmosphere and the the, the seats being empty. Um, I like Swansea as a club. They're, they're very very friendly people um, in Wales there, and uh, I think a lot of their fans were very disappointed to the fact that they didn't really give us a game. Um, it was it, it, they made it very very easy for us, um, although we played well. Uh, but yeah, the atmosphere wasn't there. Yesterday, it was it was it was quite a weird atmosphere in the ground.
1: Off the, um, the, the, the first part of Rob's question about um, he uh, or the point rather. So he says, um, would he go have made those two saves and kept the ball in to stop? corner and, and a follow-up from that we had a question from our own john Steckles who says vorm over hugo all the way into the cup i don't think he's that's john's necessarily his opinion i think he's just no. posing that no. question yeah indeed indeed
3: <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i think that um i think Larice probably would have made those saves uh it's difficult to say but i i would trust Larice to do it and uh come the semi-final uh, I know that's his divided opinion, because I've seen it on social media, this question being asked, and Vorm's done nothing wrong, he did nothing wrong yesterday, did superbly, but I would play Lloris. I think he'd have made good saves.
1: Yep, agree with that. I think that when it comes to the latter stages, semis, there I hopefully we'll get to the final. Um, in the past, Pochettino has, has picked Hugo, and rightly or wrongly, there's no sentiment in football. Um and how well almost done for us, um I think by by this point when you when you're in the latter stages and you're playing the big boys um Hugo's the man Um Okay, before we move on to other matters, um so we're in the semis, we're number one in the hat, United are in, in, in the draw and Southampton have just beaten Wigan, they're, they're in there too, and then it will obviously be either Chelsea or Leicester that will join join those teams um, in the draw, which is this evening, Sunday evening. Um, Chris, who do you fancy? Southampton, without any doubt. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I think that if you if you let Manchester United um, or uh, you know Chelsea or Leicester uh, battle it out um i'd love to see either chelsea or man united in the final um but i think the, the the game against southampton would would be easier if that's the word um i think it'd be an easier route to the final and i think that 27 years of of waiting of winning the fa cup for us is a long time and i really really do hope uh and believe that we will do it this year
3: yeah yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. I, mean, uh, I said that before, that um, uh, one of the lesser teams, and so now we, we look at that, and if it's Southampton's gone through, uh, yeah, I would go with Southampton, let Chelsea and Manchester United kick each other to death, and uh, we'll take what's left if we get through.
1: <laughs> um, I would... Chris, you asked me this question yesterday, and I said Chelsea, yeah. um, simply because I, I think... Firstly, I think we can beat them. Second, I want revenge for last season. Um, the team that I don't want, actually, the two teams I don't want. And I know that old adage about you know whispers and and we're, we're really good and teams team should be fearing us and I, and I, that's fine, that's all well and good. But if there were two teams that I would, I wouldn't want. One would be United simply because, last I think we're better than, than United. I think there will be a difficult proposition either in the semi-final or if should we get there and play them in the final, they're just um, Mourinho knows how to set up teams to win matches to win one-off games. He did it with um, Inter Milan years ago against Barcelona. Um, tactically, he's he's very astute. Um, that would be difficult. Leicester City sound like a, bo- a bogey team, like a banana. Um, yeah, uh, that just wouldn't wouldn't want in the in the semis. Southampton would would be great. Um, they that would be the easiest one. Now the interesting thing is, um, if we get to the final and let's say Leicester City do, when we play Leicester in the final, apart from the fact that it'll be a repeat of the 1961 or 62? 62, one, of, one of those. I
3: think it is. or oh, oh, 61. No, I'm not sure myself. Burnley and Leicester, wasn't it? Two.
1: Yeah, I think Burnley, I think it was Burnley 62, 61 Leicester. Apart yeah. from that, it'll also mean, should we, and this is all big ifs, we'll play them back-to-back at the end of the season at home.
3: Yeah. Yeah, um, which yeah, would which would be game. a
1: weird. I mean, you, you can sort of see that could happen. It's, it's it's crazy with football how often, like in a cup final, we saw this with City and um, uh, Woolwich a few weeks back, where they played each other in the cup cup final, and they happened to be, have a, a, a league fixture which which was I think scheduled originally for that that weekend, and then was moved to the first day. That's happened a, happened a few times before. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we shall see. Um, right. No. Matches next week. Next game will be two weeks today, Easter Sunday, Chelsea away. We're obviously fourth on the table now, having Liverpool having won yesterday. Still five points clear of Chelsea. Um very briefly, predictions, how do you see it going, Chris? Uh,
2: do you know I hate Chelsea away. I really do. We haven't won there for so long. Uh we haven't won there since the nineties. Um it's always such a difficult game. Um Obviously hoping that we'd win. Um, I'm going to go for a one-one draw, but um, obviously hoping that we will win. Um, but it, it's just it's such it's just such a difficult game all the time, mm. and they make it so difficult for us. But you know, on our day, we can beat anybody. Um, you know, we are unbeaten domestically in 2018. Um, you know, we played sixteen games, eleven wins, five draws. Um, you know, so we are in very, very good form. Um, so I just hope on the day that we we nick the result, uh, we nick the three points, and um, stay in contention for the top four. It, we, we, of course, Liverpool were winning uh, so convincingly yesterday.
3: C- can anyone tell me? I, I still haven't worked this out. Why did Chelsea uh, pick us out as not just rivals, but someone to really? Muller when they can i i i i don't i don't really i don't really get it i i, I had an argument with a, a chelsea sport a few years ago and i said well when i was a kid chelsea's big derby was against fulham and of course fulham yeah. have, have deteriorated uh, uh, over the years you know it's back in the 60s johnny haynes and and they were a good club um so that was a big derby. but suddenly We seem to be hated by everyone. Why don't Chelsea pick on Arsenal? Why don't Chelsea pick on West Ham? No, they pick on us and then West Ham pick on us. It makes it very difficult. I'm going off on a tangent here, but it makes it very difficult for us to win a title when all the London clubs pick on us as the one game they decide to turn up. Two years ago, Chelsea had a dreadful season, decided down tools, decided to stick it up Mourinho's backside and then said, you know what? This is Spurs. We're going to give our fans something to smile about. We're going to have the battle of bridge. And they're going to do it again. They are going to come for us again. They're having an indifferent season and they're going to decide to turn up. And I just don't understand why. Uh, with Arsenal, you know why. That, that, that That's a great uh, derby between us. It has history. Um, we are local. But... Why Chelsea pick on us? I, don't, I just don't know. But I agree with you, Chris. I'll I, i I'll be happy I would grab a 1-1 at this stage. I think it's going to be a difficult game over there. They are going to come at us. They are going to make another battle. TV is going to just give us all the replays from the Battle of Bridge, the poke of the eye, and all sorts mm. are going to come out just to just to ramp it up. Horrible. Horrible. Horrible, horrible club.
1: The last time we beat them, um, Margaret Thatcher was Prime minister. Nelson Mandela had just been released from prison. Um that's that's how long ago it was. February
3: Feb- a, a Rudolph Valentino I suppose was play- making his second film. <laughs> February
1: February 1990 Gary Lineker 1-0 at Stamford Bridge. Um and if you can find um that that clip of that does exist on YouTube um and it's very grainy and not the best quality. Um but I mean Stamford Bridge was completely different back then. Um cars part behind the, 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 the goal and uh yeah it was a what
3: the west stand was actually the burger van i know
1: yeah it was Period. a cesspit of a stadium and oh, in oh, 2017 um 2018 it's still a cesspit of a stadium it looks it might look fantastic but it but it but, but the, the people that um sit in those seats um, make it a horrible place to go to um i I've I've only been there I'm sure Chris you've you've been there a few, a few times more than I have I, yeah. the first time I went there was last season actually I've been there twice um I went there for a corporate event years, years ago nothing to do with football um and then I went last season to see us um away from home and didn't really enjoy going there to, but I I I liked I liked the um walk up to the stadium with all, with all the Spurs fans and there was a um a police escort, um, that was fun, um, and the first half was good until they equalised, and yeah, and then obviously then they they got a winner in the second half, so it it wasn't, it wasn't a great day, but, um, my head says it will be a draw, which wouldn't be a bad result, would would maintain that five point advantage, my heart, my heart says 2-1. Um, right, um, just a few things to mention, um, new stadium chris um you were there late on friday night um what's been happening with the stadium any updates any any additional glass panels installed
2: oh lots yes lots of panels uh, panels galore this week um the, the the west stand entrance uh is coming along really really nicely um lots of the uh glass panels have been installed um, I was there um, around 10 p.m. Um, on Friday night and they were still working. They were still putting in panels at 10, half 10 at night. Um, they're still working 24 hours a day. The progress is just unbelievable. Um, yes, there's so much to do. I know a lot of people are very negative saying, you know, there's so much to do. Will we get in there in ty- on time? Does it matter whether we play our first Premier League game in August? It doesn't. Uh, the, the club, of, the club, have already agreed. Um, you know, we might have to play our first four or five games away. You know, away from home, and after the international break, we would then play our first game, uh, a league, league game, in September. Um, but the the stadium is just looking unbelievably great. Um, I was so fortunate and lucky enough to go into the stadium uh, last Wednesday. An incredible experience. Um, I couldn't stop smiling and. I walked throughout the whole of the West Stand, right from the the bottom tier, right to the very top um, row, and it is amazing. It really is. Um, I went into what will be the the changing rooms at the new stadium, and um, it was access all areas really, um, and it was just incredible. It really was.
1: I can't wait to get in there for the for the first game. Did you get to get 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 get? To walk um, or stand um, in the white wall?
2: No, I didn't. Um, lots of work is going on. Um, you've got to be very careful. You know, we, we were all kitted up. There were there was only a few of us going around, but we we're all kitted up in the hard hat and the high vis, etc. And it was easy just to go through the west End and have a look around. Um, but when I say no, um, I was I was on that corner, so. Yeah. If I did want to walk there, I could have done. Um, but from, from the position I was standing, it, it felt great anyway. And, and for, for those people who are going to be choosing their seats um, from tomorrow, wherever I stood in that stand, no matter what tier it was, no matter what row it was, the view was brilliant. Um, very, very different to Wembley. Um, it seems that you're very, very close to the pitch. Even at the very last row, um, so I'm very excited to to be in there.
1: I was going to ask you about, you ask ask you about that about how close. I mean, we've heard a lot about the new stadium compared to other stadiums of that ilk. New stadium that is supposed to be a lot lot closer or the closest. Um, I know the dimensions are different. I know White Hart, the old you know White Hart Lane as we, as we knew it was sort of very sort of square stadium, uh, not this sort of like huge coliseum. Um, but ha- how? in terms of closeness how do how how do you think it compares to White Art Lane
2: oh well the um what the closeness to the pitch yeah yeah well um spurs are very proud of the fact that um we're very very close to the pitch um if you if you look at our new stadium compared to the other new stadiums you know such as the emirates the etihad etc um the fans are a lot closer to the pitch than all of these other current stadiums so Spurs are very proud of that fact and the whole uh, south stand which holds 17 and fans you know that's the one that everyone's talking about that's the one where a lot of fans want to be in um because of the noise factor and that is only 4.9 meters um from the touchline so it's very very close um as far as um the away fans go they they're going to be sat in the opposite end to where they were at white hart lane um but it just seems so close and because of the fact that it's a it's a bowl rather than four stands the view is just so much better no matter where you are uh and with the with the current seats or the seats that were about to be installed they're actually bigger than they were at White Hart Lane because I know a lot of the time uh, it was quite squashed. If you'd have someone sort of quite big next to you, um, you'd you'd feel it. Um, but the, the seats are actually a little bit bigger and the rows seem wider as well.
1: Earlier this week, we had a, oh, there was an announcement from the club about um, pricing. And you mentioned, um, Chris, that tomorrow um, – the first window opens for for season ticket holders looking to renew their season ticket um, uh, in the new stadium. There's going to be, I think, as, uh, as much as eight phases um, starting from tomorrow, ending around about, I think it's the 19th of April. That's off the top of my head. Um, we had a question from at jbear 67 um, He's addressed it to me, but we, we, um, Jav, what's your position on new on the new ticket prices how far going is the pricing from what you expected um i'm gonna throw that question at you chris what's your (laughs) views aside from the um again if any if anybody's watched your um video that you uploaded earlier this week i think it was monday or tuesday um following the announcement um about the season ticket prices you were very excited um as i think a lot of us are um but. Let
2: me just say, let me just say, I was I was very excited about Spurs announcing um, uh, the, the fact that we could all buy tickets at the stadium. The one thing I wasn't excited about was the prices. Now there has been so you know thousands and thousands of tweets this week. Um, unhappy fans, uh, you know you hear some of the stories of fans if if they were going to get their equivalent seat in the new stadium uh, as it was at White Hart Lane. They'd be paying something like five or six hundred pounds more. Now that's ridiculous. Um, I don't agree with that whatsoever. Um, I'm not surprised by the the prices going up by that amount. Um, The supporters trust are doing all all they can um, to try and uh, get the prices back to you know some sort of normality um, and not overpriced and I don't know whether you saw, uh, you know, there's an awful lot of people wearing T-shirts yesterday that were handed out in some uh, bars and pubs uh, throughout Swansea uh, for the Spurs fans, which said, don't price me out, mm-hmm. which I, I think from now until the end of the season, I think that the fans will let the club know in, in various ways of, you know, not pricing me out. And the supporters trust rightly said, if if it priced one fan out, then it would be, um, you know, it'd be negative, and you know it's such a shame that if if people had to give their season ticket up because they couldn't afford it, that is a big, big shame, and something that um, you know nobody, no fan, could agree with that.
1: Yeah. Do, I mean, do either of you think this was well, an uh, inevitable on, 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 the, on, on the on the club's part? I mean, could they have done more?
3: I, I don't think, it, I, I wouldn't say inevitable, but are you surprised? I'm not surprised. Uh, I think the club will try and get away with what they can. Ultimately, I think they see this as, oh, well, they'll scream and shout. When they get the new stadium, they'll love it. We'll sell all the tickets anyway, and after a few years it will it will go away. And we'll have a new set of supporters, maybe, who are a little wealthier, but you know hey ho and, and that sounds pretty um, pretty awful to say that but i'm i'm not surprised what we're doing is what the other clubs are doing you know a, the two-manchester clubs um, maybe it, it's they they're trying to step up to it's a business they're trying to make money the only way the fan can ultimately do anything and, and the trust is is a great thing to have uh, to try and try and work this but it, it the only way the fans is is to to march away I'm afraid if they start to have low crowds then that uh, people aren't taking up the tickets then they've got a problem but all the time they're selling the tickets and and they go quickly the club are doing nothing about it they're 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 paying for the stadium they're they're, they're lining the, the, the pockets for the hopefully for the future not their own pockets but you know, for for future transfer fee, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're trying to get into that top level now, up there with PSG, maybe even Man City and Manchester United, trying to get up to that level of being able to financially compete.
1: Mm.
3: And I'm afraid, it, it, it's it's not it's not right to take it out on the fans. Don't forget, at the end of the day, someone like myself is coming out of Sussex. It costs me more to get to the ground than the ticket does. So whenever you're talking about one thousand, two thousand pounds for a season ticket, depending where you are. You know, you start to double it for a lot of those people. They don't all live in and around London. They do come from the suburbs for all sorts of reasons. You know, we—I lived in London, so uh, I was a, very young. So my my allegiances are correct to, to be at a London team. But you know, like a lot of people, we move out the area. We've got to get there, but the club don't take that into consideration. It's not—it's not their problem. The problem will be when they don't sell tickets. And it is a shame. And just as we go back to uh, Roy Keane, it it's becomes the um, Prawn Sandwich Brigade. And that's where the game's going. And you'll get an awful lot of fans going into White Hart Lane, the new White Hart Lane, who actually don't support Spurs. They'll go in there because they can afford to. Their mate's got tickets. Yeah, I'll go and watch that, which is very sad. And you'll start to lose the noise, which would be even sadder.
1: I think bums on seats ultimately dictate these things, and um, you know, unless unless loads of people don't renew their season ticket and, and attendances drop, I can't see the club changing anything. Do I think they are justified in charging those prices? Um, oh yeah, on the one hand, from for it's free market economics and it's supply and demand. If, if there's a demand and they can get away with it, then then they'll do that. You can't criticise them for. For, for doing that, um, personally, I think it was it was slightly higher than than I expected. Um, I just I think that the thing is I, I think there will be some number of people who are existing season ticket holders, particularly the ones like myself who, who've only who were on a waiting list with bronze members for, for a few years and were waiting and waiting and waiting, and then suddenly found this opportunity to become a season ticket holder in the new stadium, albeit we had to um take up the offer of Wembley and we thought fine yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll take that opportunity we'll, we'll get on the ladder and then some of the, some some of that number can't you know afford it can't justify the cost um a, a few, few friends of mine who are season ticket holders have said they'll, they're they're willing to just go back and be a bronze member the trouble is with that is if you go back to being a bronze member not only do you Not only are you back on the waiting list, you're probably at the bottom of that waiting list to be a season ticket holder. You probably won't ever become a season ticket holder because there's going to be 30, 40, however many people ahead of you. You'll you'll effectively be a bronze member with um, a very low number of points. Um, getting tickets for away matches will be, in the past you could as a bronze member get tickets every now and then um, but now it's really only season ticket holders uh, Chris you and I discussed this yesterday about the cup um, semi-final we're going to have what allocation of 30 odd thousand 40,000 season ticket holders, (laughs) 10,000 of those are going to be disappointed and the bronze members aren't going to get a look in so um, I'm digressing slightly but I think that Ultimately, some number I'm sure won't be able to go, but the vast majority will probably com- complain about it. Will probably be unhappy about it, but in all likelihood, will renew. I know I'm certainly at this point. If, if you're going to ask me, I'm probably going to renew.
2: I think a lot of people will renew. I think the, 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 a very large majority of people will renew. Everyone wants to be a part of this new stadium. You know, it's a very historical. Uh, you know, it's great that we're all alive to to witness this great occasion of us having this brand new stadium that will be, you know, probably the best state or well, one of the best stadiums in the UK, if not the best. Um, it's you know, it's a very exciting time, and I think that the club know that they they know that everyone wants to be a part of it. They know that fans um, pay to watch uh, Spurs. You know, some of us pay um, an awful lot of money travelling up and down the country, uh, watching Spurs every week. They know that uh, there is that demand, and they know that if, if you or I said, "Okay, we won't have our season ticket," they know that somebody's right behind us wanting wanting that seat and will pay that money to to sit there. So whether we have it, somebody else will have it at that price. So I can't, if, if I'm honest, I can't mm-hmm. see that the club will change um, will change the prices at all mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for the for the new yeah. stadium.
1: Yeah. I hope yeah. go- I hope going forward though, if you know after after one season in the stadium, season two, three, four, um, they at least f- f- um, freeze them at that at that level and they don't c- go up. Uh, um, but anyway, that that's we'll see how things pan out. Um, Spurs ladies um, are still not in action, taking a break. Um, they do return to. Um, the FA um, Women's Super League 2 next week where they take on um, Doncaster Doncaster Bells at the Keepboat Stadium kick off is 2 o'clock if anybody wants to go along Um, right before we finish off with a few more questions from listeners um, Chris tell us about what you're doing for charity on, on the 4th of June you're running around to all 92 football league stadiums in
2: yes I'm, doing, I'm I'm doing this mad challenge um I'll start on the 4th of June um start at Wembley stadium which of course uh is the home for Spurs this this season um and I then drive and then when I get to all the 92 stadiums throughout the whole of the UK I then run around them now, I'm trying to raise money for the Willow Foundation, which was set up by Bob Wilson and his wife. Um, they provide special days for seriously ill young adults. Um, the ambassadors of that charity um, include a lot of Spurs legends, such as Ozzy Ardili's Martin Shivers, uh, Pat Jennings, Gary Mabbitt. Um It's a great charity. Um, so if anyone would like to sponsor me, I'd be very grateful.
1: Um, and if they do want to um, sponsor you how, how, where can they there a link or
2: yeah i've got a, a just giving page um which is just com uh 92 stadiums 12 days
1: chris you're absolutely bad but good luck to you and, and well well, well <laughs> done well done for, for for doing that right um let's finish off with a few few questions from listeners um another one from conor setting aside wage or possible team unity issues would you swap delhi for bail
3: no <laughs> not at all delhi's a future bail as much as i would if he came back um if there's any chance uh, on a reasonable deal uh I, I would have him back in a heartbeat but i wouldn't swap him for delhi delhi's a future he's a young lad he's, he's great for us no, I I wouldn't swap him at all. Plus, Bale gets injured as well. So, nope. Totally agree. Totally agree with that.
1: Okay, um, I'm going to go for Bale simply because it's Bale. Um, yes, he carries an injury, but he's what 28 now. So he, Ooh, he's got hello. he's got a few years few years still left at the top, and we could always get Delhi back <laughs> just because of his age. Um, It's a difficult one, that, though. Uh, um, Thomas Devlin, who's next Feet out of the door? Toby, Danny, Delhi. I
3: would have said Danny. I think Danny Rose, mate. He's just not, for some reason, he's not making it back. I think we'll do a new deal with um, Toby. I really do. But I think Rose has seen better days. And I'm absolutely certain we're going to go and grab Ryan Cessignon. I hope we are. I'd break the bank for that boy, and but if he comes in, we've got a left-sided player. Um, so I, I, I got a feeling that it might be Rose out the door.
2: Yeah, I, re- I really hope that we keep uh, Toby out of Beryl. I think he's, you know, one of the best defenders in the world right now. And um, if we want to progress to try and win Premier League trophies, we need players like him. Um, uh, I'd completely agree with you. I think that Danny Rose is. Possibly on his way out of the door at Spurs, uh, he hasn't featured that much since he's come back from injury. Um, and whenever he has, he looks a completely different player to what he was. Mm. And I'd feel very comfortable uh, with Ben Davis. I like Ben Davis. I think he's a very hard-working midfielder. And and again, Pochettino has really developed his game. Yeah.
1: Um, I think of of all three, I'd say Danny's probably the. Most likeliest to leave. I don't. I think. Mean, De- I think Delhi. St- Delhi will still be there, generally, in that. And I think, despite all the speculation about a new contract, I, I do think Alvarado will sign. Um, on Danny Rose, I absolutely agree with you that um, Chris. That he doesn't look the same player um, since his injury. Um, part of me hopes that that's just it's just taking him time to adjust, um, and and that we will see. Eventually, um, I think he needs a run of games in the side, and I think he's not going to get that because Davis is so much better at the moment. Davis is sharper, and he just he needs he needs some number of games, possibly. I think to, to get back to the level that he 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 was. Um, if he can't get back to that back to the level he was, and he's not that good enough, and he's he's like a car that you've um, written off, then by all means, I'll be happy to happy to see him leave. I don't. I don't necessarily subscribe to the view that he, he's unhappy or that he wants to leave in the same way that Walker did. I think Walker was very explicit that he wanted out. I don't think Rose has ever expressed that explicitly. He simply said in that ill-timed interview with a son that um, we should be signing better quality players, um, which I don't see anything wrong with that other than the fact that he shouldn't have come out and said that to... To the sun in the fashion that he did, but I don't think he—I don't think he's ever ever expressed a desire not not to be there. I could be wrong about that.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was a, a very professional thing to do. Um, I think it's very good the way that the Spurs fans uh, sung Danny Rose's name when he when he first came back, um, and for, for to kind of forgive him for doing that. But I don't think the club. Uh, we're very happy about it at the time and, and I think that that's always in the mind and I think that Spurs are being very professional about it and I think if we do sell him in the summer I, I think that that might be a part of the reason why
1: Do you think he'll go to United if we do sell him? Probably will, yeah mm.
3: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that I'm not sure it's going to be this summer the question was first one out the door but I'm not sure it'll be this summer but it may well be um, but I'm not sure that United may well have lost interest in him by now. If he's not performing, I'm not sure they want him.
2: But I, I, I keep saying anyway, why on earth, as a Spurs player right now, it's so exciting, you know, not, not just because we're getting the new stadium, you know, we're really developing under Pochettino. Um, yes, we went out to Juventus in the Champions League a week or so ago, but um, in the Champions League campaign, you know, we've really come on, um, really progressed. You know, it's a really, really exciting time to be a Spurs player at the moment. So, why would anyone want to leave?
1: Yeah,
3: uh, I would absolutely agree with that. What's not to like? What's not to like?
1: Well, somebody like Carl Walker might argue the lack of trophies and uh, City, he's he's on course to win two at least.
3: Yeah, but uh, how many spaces have City got left?
1: No, of course.
3: They can't all go to City, so yeah. Anybody else, you know, if you said Manchester United at this moment, I mean, sure, they're a bigger club, they'll pay big wages. And but are they in a better position than us to win trophies? I know, based on last season, of course, that, that would be yes because I'm on Europa. But going forward, all right, say the FA Cup this year, um, if we do draw Manchester United in the semi final, I'm sure the betting will be very tight. Who you know, so are they any, any more likely to win the FA Cup than we are? So I don't know. Uh, I, I, for me, I, I, I know from a wages point of view, and of course then that begs the question as to how mercenary footballers are. Well, it's a short profession, and maybe they do learn to become quite mercenary quite quickly and the love of the club and that sort of thing doesn't strike them, particularly like, it's, like it is with us. Uh, except for Harry Kane, who really does step out, uh, out, of, out of line very fast to say how much he plays for the club, and, and money is not an issue. Loving for it.
1: <laughs> um, okay, final question. Um, so the mu- the much maligned Moussa Sissoko, um, who, who played quite well yesterday. Um, two, que- two questions on on Sissoko. Um, firstly, again from our own John Steggles, who says I've made some slightly disparaging remarks about his general ability as a footballer in the past, but Musa played well. He picks up the ball and drove into the space in the midfield with Dyer. His best game for us. So far, fair play to him. Is Poch working his coaching magic on him? And another question on Sissoko from Ed Brad: Sissoko, misunderstood genius or footballing fraud? Who wants to go first? Chris could go first.
2: Well, first. I think I, I I really think that we we see week in week out um, what what Pochettino does with players um, on the training pitch. And I think that Suzuko will become a better player um, under, under him at Spurs. And, uh, and I think that yesterday showed that. I think that he works very, very closely uh, with each player and develops their game. And we, we've seen it um, with the likes of Eric Dyer, um, how he's developed him into a great defensive midfielder. And he, that, that's what makes him such a great manager. And I, and I think that we we really need to keep hold of Pochettino um, for for that reason. Uh, you know, really developing players and developing the the whole team as a whole.
3: Yeah, yeah. So Soko, I, I, I've never been a detractor of Sissoko. I can see his shortfalls, his shortcomings, um, and his first touch is that it's a I, as you said, Javid. It's a dreadful first touch at times. Um, he is a physical presence. And I have to say, how many games have we lost because of Sissoko? I can't think of one. His worst game uh, this season was West Ham. And for some reason, he looked very nervous. And all he did was play a, a, a five-yard, ten-yard pass sideways to get rid of it. He was awful that game. But I, I, I can't say he cost us. But I will still come back In Pocachino, you know, we trust. He was great yesterday. He really was. And I don't see that he's really cost us anything. Um, and ultimately, I don't think we we'll, would sell him at this, this summer unless a great offer came in. Maybe we would. But there's no point in selling somebody unless you've got someone better to come in. Mm. But we are, pound for pound, uh, the Spurs side it is quite a physical um, side in, in, in sheer weight and strength. And, and, that's, and if you've got the skill to go with it, that makes us a real force to be reckoned with. And you've seen that. Um, and, and Sissoko is part of that. With Sissoko at Newcastle, they played a different game and they defended and they broke fast. And he's, he's one of the fastest, apparently. And I, I, I've not really seen it because with Spurs, we pass the ball around a lot. That's the only quiz I have in my head is to, was he the sort of player that Spurs actually needed? Um <laughs> regarding his type of game and I I would question that but who knows going forward maybe we'll make uh, even more of him in the future
1: but but maybe it's 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 exactly that it's the fact that he is slightly different he isn't necessarily renowned for his passing Um, he's more somebody who's who provides that transition from defense to attack and he's quick and physical
2: well, I think he must he, he must certainly show the right attitude in training because of how many times we use him um you know he's been used so much this season um so Pochettino must see something that we don't yeah absolutely
1: um, but, but po- that's a really good point because um Pochettino um in the past he, he said that of um Kevin and Kundu. he said that said that of Janssen last season when Janssen wasn't um wasn't even on the bench for, 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 for some games. Pochettino actually came out and said, look, he needs to do more in training. And I think with Pochettino, he sees the players day in, day out. We have the benefit of watching them for 90 minutes, either um, either on TV or, or um, at the ground. Um, but we don't see them day in, day out. Pochettino does. And he, clearly he, he does stuff in training. He's got the right attitude. Even... Professionally, if you, if you take last season, he he signed late in August at, at the end of the window. So, um, and that was what on the back of the it was after the Euros. So, he's probably his pre season started much much later as well because of because of because of Francis's involvement in, in the Euros, and then he would have gone on holiday a bit later. So he probably wasn't that fit. He had to to learn how to play under a Pochettino team, which can be quite demanding. He didn't really have a good season last season. Um, this season, he's played so much better. I know he still gets criticism week in, week out from a lot of our fans, but he's played so much better, and he tries. Um, and even in the summer, I think it was it might have been round about the time we played Juventus in a friendly at Wembley. I can't remember if it was before or after that game, but about that timeline, he was linked with a move away to Turkey, I think it was either Bashiktas or Fenibashi. um I don't know if that move broke down or whether there was any truth in it or not. But I seem to recall he came onto Instagram on on social media and said something like how committed he was he was um, to, to the club and and how he would work hard. And um, credit credit to him, he, he's he's doing that. He just gets on with it. And by the way, at the end of the game yesterday. Um, him and Trippier came over to the fans um, and he threw his shirt or, or he gave his shirt to, to one of the fans. Um.
2: Yeah, they gave them both to uh, two young children, which uh, it, it's funny actually, walking out, out the ground, I actually was behind the two kids and the smile on their faces of having <laughs> Trippier's and a Suzoko shirt. It, it, was, it was really, it was a fantastic moment, you know, just made two young kids very, very happy. So top marks for them too. Yeah.
1: If we get to the cup final, and if. and if and Sissoko, Sissoko scores the winner in the 89th minute, I don't know. Uh, dare I say it against Leicester City in a dull and boring game akin to the 99 League Cup final when Alan Nielsen got a late goal. If Sissoko does that, he'll become a cult hero. He'll he'll, he'll be put on a pedestal by all Spurs fans, the very same ones that give him stick week in week out.
2: Absolutely. I, I, and I think, I think that's the difference with, um, as we discussed earlier about Lorente with his attitude. If Suzoko's showing the right attitude and he's showing that he really wants to work and he really wants to uh, win games and challenges and, you know, really chasing him for the ball, which he did, and he did that a lot yesterday. And that is the difference. You know, when, when us Spurs fans are standing there on the sidelines, you know, willing the team to win, you want to see every single player give 100%. And you can't knock him for that. He, he, does, he does try.
1: Yeah,
3: that's try all it? you require. And we, we haven't, we, as I say, can you pick out a game where you'd say he's cost us? I don't think no. he has. And he started more games, I think, than anybody else's season, strangely enough. He's, um, he's, he's, a never pre- he's never present.
1: It certainly is. I mean, it, even if you look back to the obvious, and I'm sure that there are worse examples that, that, than this. But the one, for example, that stands out was that glaring miss against Burnley earlier in the season. Right? We can talk about that, but the reality is, we won that game. Was it three or four nil? No, I can't remember. But I can not remember Kane got a hat trick. Um, so it, it's academic. Um, even even when he's played poorly and and his first touch or his passing has been a little bit suspect. That's never cost us a game of football. Um, again, detractors might argue that when he plays, we're playing with 10 men, but I think that's particularly harsh. I don't think that's...
2: I think the only thing is, where I said earlier about um, goals come from You know, all throughout the team, I think the only uh, weakness with Suzoko at the moment is um, his lack of shooting yeah um and, and and a little bit of lack, i feel like he's got a bit of uh, lack of confidence in front of goal um where there's so many opportunities in in recent games where he he could have had a shot and uh you know could have had a try and and he hasn't and he's he's he decided to you know do a side pass from you know a sort of meter to to pass it on to Eriksen, lamella and co um for them to shoot rather than him um yeah. so i, I think he, he perhaps really needs to work on that part of his game
1: I think some, some players take a little bit longer to to fit in um, at, a, at, a, at a club. Um, if you take our recent history, if you take somebody like Soldado, um, he was at Spurs for two seasons, one under AVB slash Sherwood and then one under Pochettino. Um, there came a point in time where probably Pochettino realised, do you know what? And I think it was probably halfway into Pochettino's first first season, not just with the development of Kane, but also... When Soldado did start, I seem to recall Burnley at home in a cup tie, there was, was a glaring miss, and then famously, I think it was Fiorentino, yeah, Fiorentino away. Um, they might be the turning points, so and Pochettino decided, right, that, that's probably enough. Um, I think he's he's made those similar ju- judgments, probably, well, almost certainly with um, Clinton and G, and, and probably with, with Nkudu. Um. And... The flip flip side of it. Certain so other players, if you like, take Eric Lamela. Um, it took him a while to, to settle in English football, um, but you start to see that that development. You start to see that progression. And there are others, probably like Llorente, he's probably reached that point already where um, he won't figure in Pochettino's plans ne- next season. Sissoko, so I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Lamella or or, or, or get to that to those um, heights, but he has he had his first season, which was difficult because he's joined late and didn't have a pre-season and all those things and, and that's all been acknowledged by Pochettino this season whatever anybody says about him he's he, he's played far better this season than last Um and players need to be given a chance and sometimes football's it's like anything in life it confidence it comes into it and I think it just requires him to have one or two good games and his confidence will, will, will grow. And then and then we'll see the full potential of, of um, Sissoko. Yes, it might still fall, or almost certainly will still fall short of um, some of the players, illustrious players that we've got playing alongside him, the likes of Ericsson and Delhi and, and Lamella and Kane. But um, there's still probably scope for him to get better and still play a part in... For the remainder of this season, and who knows, maybe next season. Right. Um, the next podcast will be recorded international break next week. so the next podcast, will be recorded Easter Monday, um, the day after we play Chelsea. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> until then, thank you, David. Oh well, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Um, and until Easter Monday, future's bright, future's lily white. Good night.
0: Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the base are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load and nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come, come on, Tottenham, stack it in the goal. Oh, come Peters. on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Pull on that Lee and run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out overheard